The flying saucer story came back into sharp focus on Monday of the present week. On that day, the United States News and World Report, a national news magazine, and Henry J. Taylor, a radio commentator, both came out with flat statements that flying saucers actually exist. Mr. Taylor said that there are two or more different objects that have been cited and labeled flying saucers. One of these objects, the true flying saucer, according to Mr. Taylor, is a missile round in shape, varying in size from 20 inches to 250 feet in diameter. Some are guided, others are not. The U.S. News and World Report article mentions nothing about these objects. The magazine, however, describes a jet-propelled aircraft of revolutionary design that agrees in some details with Mr. Taylor's second secret aircraft, a piloted plane capable of high speeds and high maneuverability. Both accounts agree that the present models stem directly from the XF-5U-1, the so-called Flying Pancake, a small edition of which was built and flown in 1942. On April 7, 1950, Edward R. Murrow broadcast the CBS special Report on Flying Saucers. By then, Murrow was long known for his journalistic integrity and tenacity in chasing down answers. Last night, we put a special recording line into the home of Mr. Charles H. Zimmerman, of the National Advisory Committee on Aeronautics, the man who originally designed the XF-5U-1. We asked him about the plane, whether it ever actually flew. This aircraft never flew. The official designation of the aircraft was the XF-5U-1, which was to be a high-performance Navy fighter. However, a low-powered, lightly loaded version of this craft, called the V-173, made a large number of successful flights. I conceived the original idea for this craft back in 1933. As a top plane designer, we asked Mr. Zimmerman to give us his opinion as to whether or not a plane could be built that could hover like a helicopter, then take off at almost supersonic speeds. He said, It would be possible using modern turboprop engines to build a machine of this type which would be capable of hovering and of also flying at all forward speeds up to possibly 550 or 600 miles per hour. A turbojet that could fly up to 600 miles per hour didn't exactly line up with witness accounts. Speed of travel aside, it wasn't at all what Dr. Craig Hunter had described earlier. It was, I would say, around uh, 150 feet around in circumference, and there was three distinct parts of it. There was an inner circle, a metal circle, which rotated around this inner circle, and an outside circle, which about one-third of the area on each side was covered with openings somewhat similar to an airliner opening. Now. This inner circle rotated anti-clockwise very slowly, and it went over me, practically right over my head, and I would say it was traveling at a speed approximately 60 to 70 miles per hour. I would say that the thing was approximately 250 to 300 feet above me, not over 400 feet. Here's Mr. Murrow again. In order to check the whole question of design, to find out whether or not a saucer-like object such as the one described by Dr. Hunter could maintain itself in flight, according to the basic laws of aerodynamics, we call for the opinion of one of the nation's outstanding aeronautical engineers. Hall Hibbard is vice president and chief engineer of Lockheed Aircraft, and here is what he has to say over the beep recording telephone. 
Well, my feeling is that it is possible to build and fly something that uh, looks like a saucer just from the standpoint, but I do not believe that there is such a thing at this time. I do not know of anything uh, that would be fitted in that category. I'm very familiar with pretty much uh, what's going on in the way of research and development, and I know of nothing that would uh, be considered as flying saucers or flying saucer material. You can make something that looks like a saucer fly, if anybody would ever want to do it. But uh, I do not believe it would be possible with our present knowledge to have them make the speed and everything that everybody has been uh, talking about. They were clearly conflicting points of view. We went to Dr. Donald Menzel, professor of astrophysics at Harvard University and associate director of the famous Harvard Observatory, to find out just how feasible any such idea might be. Dr. Menzel had this to say. Well, I suppose that anything is possible, but I consider it extremely unlikely. Well, what could these flying bodies actually be, Dr. Menzel? Sun shining from a very distant plane, uh, uh, shining so that uh, you could see that there was an object there, but the plane so far away that you couldn't hear it. Weather balloon. You have the bright, uh, round patch at a fairly high altitude, sometimes uh, three or four of them attached together. And then again, uh, just... Uh, pieces of uh, paper carried aloft. When it gets up to two or three hundred feet, you can't tell whether it's a uh, hundred feet or a thousand or ten thousand feet away. My main question for you is, how could an astrophysicist so confidently dismiss the existence of UFOs and then stumble so badly through his words when giving a rational explanation of what people could have been seeing? To follow through on the problem of whether or not disc-shaped objects could actually fly, we got in touch with Mr. David C. Prince, vice president of the General Electric Company and chief of its general engineering and consulting laboratory. Mr. Prince was having no part of flying saucers. My thought is simply that the ability of some people to kid themselves is extraordinary. For instance, the effect of searchlights on clouds has been taken to be flying discs. Even radar evidence is not conclusive here because rain in the clouds would show up on a radar screen. The only saucer-shaped aircraft which we know has flown, and that only a few times, is a propeller-powered disc developed by NACA. As a matter of fact, a cigar-shaped craft with a single revolving wing, jet-powered, could be faster and certainly would be much more maneuverable. In flight, this plane might look like a disc because of the halo created by its rapidly revolving wing. Such a craft would have flight characteristics similar to a hummingbird's. That could have been true. But then again, why would GE's engineering head say that tech far beyond their ability was in existence? At least in the spring of 1950, more questions remained. And now, just in case all this has added to the celestial confusion about your heads, we've summarized the data we've been able to gather, sorted out the points of agreement and disagreement among those who claim to have seen flying saucers. Here is what we found. Nearly all these observers are in agreement on the color of the objects. It's a metallic color, they say, something like aluminum or silver. 
Almost everybody agrees the objects are generally disc-shaped, but with wide variations, sometimes balloon-like or resembling a giant rubber ball. Still others describe them as elongated cigar-shaped things. Speed of the saucers has been estimated at from zero to 1,200 miles an hour. And when we get into the question of maneuverability, the observers seem not to be able to find the precise or adequate words. They say that the saucers hover, accelerate, and decelerate rapidly. They say that some of the objects flutter, oscillate, drift, whirl, or float. There seems to be no fixed pattern of flight in cases where more than one or two disks have been reported. But several persons have said that in group flights, one of the disks seems to be of a distinct color, indicating, possibly, that this off-colored disk was the monitor or the control disk for the others. A small percentage of the observers said the disks bore light, and in five cases, at points as far apart as Alabama and California, the viewers said the disks suddenly disappeared in flight. But when we get around to estimating altitudes at which the objects were sighted, we find that some observers say they saw them at 250 feet. Others guessed the disks were at 40,000 feet in the sky. While one observer estimated the number of disks seen at 100, nearly all thought the number was less than 10. And about half those who claimed to have seen the objects said they saw only single saucers. Well, these are the things men and women in various parts of the United States say they have seen in the sky. Men of science and high government officials cast a skeptical eye at these reported sightings of celestial phenomena. So far in the course of this broadcast, there have been no reliable reports of the sighting of any new flying saucers. Frankly, we don't know the answer. We wonder... Do you believe in flying saucers? You've been listening to The Case of the Flying Saucer, a special report narrated by Edward R. Murrow. The Case of the Flying Saucer was based on extensive research collected with the aid of CBS-affiliated stations and CBS newsmen across the country. Portions of this broadcast were transcribed. This program was written by Irv Tunick, directed by John Dietz, and produced by Robert Bendick and Irving Gitlin. 